0: You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your dryologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. I like getting into conversations, uh, going through the journey of their life. So not just talking about their most recent shiny thing or what they're up to now, but we do get there, but going through the path of their life. By doing this, I hope that it gives you more compassion for yourself and the twists and turns of your own life, that you can see that you're not too late, that you didn't mess up or wrong or made a mistake, that somehow maybe the steps in your life are going to make sense and that there's still time for you to do those things you want to do or to stop doing the things that you don't want to do. Um, so yeah I hope that it supports you on today's episode I have Erin Claire Jones I came to find her via social media because she shares all about human design We're gonna talk about what that is and how I was first introduced to it um and it's just an interesting uh thing that I now love following her and her new account which is uh just for the human design business, Human Design Blueprint. And once you know your human design profile, which uh, there's a link to check it out, it just is another way that helps me sort of be like, ah, okay, like accept myself more and how I am naturally, instead of again, trying to fit into like the shoulds of the world and comparing myself to others. So I find it to be a helpful tool. Okay. Uh, before I say, let's get into the episode. If you haven't yet, please hit the follow button on wherever you're listening and leave a review. Those things really help podcasts become more discoverable to reach more people. And if you leave me a review, you can send the screenshot to podcast at com, and I'll send you a gift from my product line. Also make sure to go pre-order my book. It comes out in almost a week from the release release date of this episode, May 10th. Go to FTheShouldsDoTheOnce.com, get your order. So it's set to come to you on May 10th and then claim those bonuses. All right, let's go. Okay, so I love starting the conversation with a little bit about, when you're growing up, but especially I like talking about the high school years because I can feel like that's when, I don't know, there can be a lot of pressure internally and externally of like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? (laughs) And like, what's next? So I especially love hearing about those ages, but you can go earlier as well.
1: So I grew up in Seattle. My name is Erin. And I actually like really love my high school experience. I know like a lot of friends and people had pretty traumatic experiences or just like ones that were not very supportive, but I did some pretty like, adventurous stuff in high school so I think that like one thing I'll just say about my childhood in general is that like I was always like a very weird kid I was like my parents are still just like we can like see why your sister did what she did but like Aaron has never made sense you know so like I think that like ever they said that recently <laughs> like just don't know where it all came from you know but um are you younger think- or older I'm younger.
0: Okay. I thought I was like, I had a feeling I'm the younger sister.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like the younger weird sister. But what I will say is that like my parents are like the most supportive. So like I was always very strange and choosing very strange things that were very unfamiliar to them. Like I remember in high school, like hunting down like the Shambhala centers in Seattle. So I could like go meditate. My parents were like, what are you doing and why? You know? And like, I like, they like helped me go to a Thich Nhat Hanh retreat, his last one in the US in like 2010. And they were like, I don't understand you. But it was amazing stuff. And I think that like, I think why I bring that up is that like, my parents were so supportive of anything that I chose. And they were just like, we want you to be weird and express and just like do your thing. And so like that really gave me so much permission as a young person to just like do what felt exciting and right to me, even if it didn't fit into a traditional path. I think it's like one of the biggest gifts you could give a child. You know, I think that like, I didn't really feel pressure by them to be or do anything. You know, I was also like a very motivated driven kid. So like, but I think that they were just like, do you. So I think when I think about high school, I don't think I felt like a lot of pressure to figure things out. Like I was very excited about college and like that felt stressful and fun, but like I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Like, I think that I, I think that I was just like really exploring. I did like all kinds of things, you know, I played like really competitive soccer. I like went to the junior Olympics and track. I was just like, I know just so, and then I like grew tall and then I couldn't do that anymore. But like, you know, I just like did all kinds of things. And I, I went to this really, really amazing high school in Seattle that created all these like really strange, not strange, like pretty exceptional opportunities. Like in high, in my high school English class, we spent like three weeks, um, canoeing down the green river in Utah, like reading Thoreau. It was so wild. And then I applied for like a semester program in like Vermont for my junior year. So like, I was just like off doing things. And I had parents that were so supportive and I was so lucky to have that. So like when I think about high school, I think of it as like a very exploratory time. I don't think I felt a lot of pressure. Um, I also don't think I was fully expressed, you know, like I had a lot to learn, but I think that I like really had a good time because I was trying on so many different ways of being.
0: That's amazing. Cause yeah my own experience, and I think many have this experience of like trying to fit in and stand out at the same time. And like, you're supposed to be figuring out who you are and like, what will make people like me, whether it's friends or the people you're attracted to and all of that, like this, like angst and that, like, you know, like, yeah, I have a book coming out called F the shoulds do the once. And it's like thinking back to that time, that's where I really started to feel like, what the heck is going on? Like, we're just like, you know, and uh, like waking up to like, These adults are telling me what to do and they're unhappy. And it's like they're telling me I should do this and this and these ways and like just being so confused. Which so I like was in my like high school years, like, fuck all you, like I'm not listening to you and I'm gonna do what I want. But like I still struggled, obviously, with so much of you know that stuff. So when you so brave. When you said um You're excited about college. Did you like know what you were going to do in college or just sort of like, that's the next step? Okay. In life. And like, so where will I go? Or like,
1: yeah, I think I was just like motivated by it. Like, I just like, and again, like, you know, college is definitely not for everyone, you know, and like, and I think that like, but I was really excited by it, you know, and so. And definitely not because I had any idea what I was going to do. You know what I mean? And and so like when I went to... And one thing I'll also say in high school is that like I was such a late bloomer. And so like I was 5'1 my freshman year and I was 5'8 my senior year. And so like I just went through so many physical changes and it felt like actually a little bit hard to keep up with it. You know? And so that was such an interesting time to like go from being treated as like a very young person to like somebody that was like a little bit more expressed and developed and like all the things. So like... That was definitely an interesting thing to navigate so quickly. And I will say like the last thing on high school is that like, I just like was oriented on being like everyone's best friend. Like I just loved people, but I was a little bit less focused on like, what do I want? You know what I mean? And like in relationships and how to best express myself. So I don't feel like that really came until a little bit later. Did you want me to share about college?
0: Well, yeah. And just like, where do you know, like what? shaped your decisions on where to go and what to study and like did you have an idea then of like what i'm gonna be when i grow up <laughs> yes totally and also like i
1: came from like a really privileged environment where i was not being like going to college like how can i make money immediately like it just wasn't my orientation it was just like how can i just be in college so like that was such a a different place to be you know and i know that like that is not you know you know, my partner did not have that experience. You know, it's like it's like how can I support myself immediately? So um I really wanted to go to Brown. Um I got in off the wait list and I remember being so excited. Um and I wanted to go there just because I love the East Coast and I also loved how artistic it was. It felt like Brown attracts a lot of really weird people that are really loving the things that they're doing, but they're all very different. And yeah, I mean my I I love the school, but I think that it was such an interesting journey there because I started by studying education and I did a lot of teaching. Um, and I loved it, you know, and then I started doing international development and I was just like exploring a lot of different things. And I somehow found my way to entrepreneurship on maybe like my junior year. And so I ended up writing my thesis on like impact driven entrepreneurship and like how companies could integrate business into how they like, sorry, could integrate impact into how they did business. And I interviewed like 90 founders and it was just like so fun because it was so cool to actually explore how they were living it, like how they kind of saw those two as interlinked within their own minds. So, um, so again, a very exploratory time, but like by the end, it was pretty clear that like I was going into, um, entrepreneurship and that was the world. So that was kind of where I landed at the end of college.
0: Do you remember at all what made you drawn to impact that that you started to reach out, you know, to do the thesis on that and then start to reach out to all of these, you know, successful people and ask them about it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I was always volunteering and working at a lot of nonprofits in high school and in, you know, in college at the beginning, especially in teaching, I was like off in Brazil for a semester working and like, and I, and I loved it, but I could also see and like every organization is structured differently. But I think that I just was like wrestling with this question of like, isn't there a way to do both? Like, isn't there a way to have like extraordinary social impact and also to like make it a sustainable business, you know? And I think that I was like so burned out from the work that I'd been doing or, and like not even that I'd been doing so much of it. But I think that I just had a real curiosity of whether that could be truly integrated. Um, And so that's kind of what led me to those interviews and those conversations.
0: And so when you then were drawn to entrepreneurship, did you get out of college and like, did you have an idea of what you were going to create or what you wanted to build? It wasn't about me
1: creating a thing. Yeah. It was about working at startups. So I think I like got out. So I was not an entrepreneur immediately. and like, Honestly, I think that like being an entrepreneur alone, I don't think I'd be great at it. I think I I I'm really thrive at in partnership, but, um, yeah, I went straight out of college and worked for a fintech company in New York city, um, that was doing like some crazy, like alternative to like loans of just like how to really like invest in people and like support their careers. And it was really fun. And so I ended up kind of bouncing between a number of different startups for a couple years and, and I loved it. And I, but I think that I was also way more interested in like the people that I worked with and like, like I was always just like so curious about how people worked best and how they could work better together. And I was always kind of the person that everyone vented to. And I think that like I would burn out on like the company after a little bit. And so like, I think that I was just like really wanted to like talk and work with people, but I didn't really know how that could be viable as a career.
0: So you moved around to a couple different startups is that right? startups
1: yes yes
0: and what would be the like thing that would make you then look for another position or was it something like happening within the company a downsizing this or were you just like kept feeling like oh let me try something else next
1: Yeah, I think that I just like, I feel like I like would come in with like all this gusto. I'd be like, I'm all in this is amazing, you know, and then like, after a year and a half, I would just like, feel my like energy just drain and like learning my human design. Now it makes a lot of sense. And so then I would like go and I often end up then like consulting and working for a number of different startups just to give me a little bit of freedom. But yes, it was more that like my energy couldn't really sustain. Like I felt a lot of excitement at the beginning, but after a while it was just like, oh, I don't know if this is right for me anymore. And honestly, like I love the work that I did. And it was also pretty clear that like it was not my forever thing. You know what I mean? It felt like I was very, and I I wasn't intending it to be like, I think that it felt like a really fun exploration, but I was also very open to what was to come and it didn't feel like that was it.
0: And what did you do like next then after working with tech companies?
1: So after that, in twenty fifteen, I was consulting for a number of different startups and I was at a friend's gathering in New York City and I was sitting in um her backyard and this stranger sat next to me and he asked if he could do a human design reading for me. And I'd never heard of the system before, but I like many people was like, tell me everything, you know, like I wanna hear about how I work best. And he gave me this little mini reading on the spot and it was like Equal parts relieving and confronting. I felt like just like, so like, whoa, I could like, he told me, he's like, Aaron, like you're, you have like an innate genius around people and you're much better suited to be like a leader and a guy than you are a doer. And I had spent so much of my life trying to be a doer. And he was, and so I was just like, "What is there another way?" And when he ended that conversation by saying that I think you're meant to do human design, and I think that we should do it together, he'd been studying the system for a decade, and so it was like a very direct and specific invitation into the system this system that i never heard of
0: before. I did not. That's what I thought. I was like, "Let's go back to like right. You just sat by this man, and then he is then giving you a reading, and then says that you're supposed to start a business together." <laughs> <or> yes, start-
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's so and, and honestly, there was a night before, I think I met him the night before and he looked like someone from my yoga studio. So we were like very drawn to each other and like, but for no apparent reason, like not attraction wise, it was just like, you know, when you meet somebody and you're like, Ooh, like something is supposed to be birthed, you know? Um, so I, I invited him in my friend's house the next night. So I was like excited to see him, but I had no idea why, you know? And so then he was living in LA at the time. So he kind of like dropped that invitation on me. And I was like, whoa. Um, and also like this was at a time in the world where like no one knew what human design was and people did, but like much more on the fringes. It was like not a mainstream concept at all. And then after that, I ended up leaving New York. Cause I was like, I'm kind of over this right now. Like I need to move my energy and discover something new. I was in LA. We reconnected and he started to really reveal to me how human design can be used as a tool. I like remember us at all the coffee shops. He's like showing me all the software. And I was like, this is amazing, you know? And so, um, and so I said, yes. And we ended up building a business together and he was my teacher as well. And we worked together for basically, you know, high level and I'll go into any piece that you want, but like 2015 to 2017, we built a business together, focused on human design for business. Because like I said, I came from these startups and I was just like, people could work better together and human design is a tool to help people do that. And then it was at a time in the world where human design was a little bit new. So it was pretty tough. We like were not doing a great job at supporting ourselves. And so then a new opportunity came to me in 2017. I said yes to that, like kind of in a devastating way, because I was just like, I'm giving up on my dream with human design. And then I said yes to the opportunity. But then my partner convinced me to kind of launch my own practice in early 2018. So I built my human design practice alongside this thing. And then for a year, and then I left that and I've been doing it ever since. And it's been, and now my husband is my business partner. So that is a high level journey.
0: Got it. So the person that originally introduced you to human design, you did end up creating a business with him, but it maybe never like took off to the level that you could sustainably (laughs) do it. And so then you said yes to another opportunity that didn't have to do with human design, just Yes. Sure, I'll work on this project or whatever the thing is. Yes. but your husband, like, was like, "Hey, I think still do human design, maybe your own way."
1: Yeah, I think that, like, you know, I think that we had really different ways of communicating about it. But it was also just a time that was so early; like, people weren't really ready for it. And I think that I was at this point where I was like, "Human design's amazing, but if people aren't ready for it, I can't force it. Like, all I can do is keep mastering." And learning as much as I can. And the guy, so basically the other project I was hired for was opening up all these beautiful co-working spaces in, in New York city. And the founder was obsessed with human design, which is why he found me. And so like, he was just like, Aaron, I love human design. I also want you to be like on the founding team here, but also like he really knew my dream. It wasn't
0: the one that so it, has a
1: documentary about it. Is it? it is not we WeWork.
0: <laughs> it's like, no, no. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I'm just like nameless. No, it was actually (laughs) called the assemblage and it had to close during COVID and the founder actually passed away. Yeah. It was, it was such a wild journey, but he was amazing. His name is Rodrigo. And he really like my you know, I think that my business accelerated so hugely by being there because all of my clients were from those spaces. And so like, it was what I think was a good reminder for me is that those first couple years of building the business, there was like a lot of stress because I was like, I'm following my dream, but I'm also putting so much pressure on myself to support myself as I follow my dream. And it just like, it was just like, I was really like struggling, you know? And I think that what I loved about this opportunity is that like I was able to negotiate a schedule where I could kind of build my business alongside it. And I just kept doing that, which felt so much more organic. And then like when my business revenue surpassed my salary, then I left, you know? So it just felt like a more natural way to like test the concept to be like, now it's okay to go. But it's been a, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. But also like then the, then the world became ready for human design. So I was just like so lucky to be there when people were already ready.
0: So when you said that, At the start, like most of your clients came from there. Was that then just from you being there and sort of like saying like, oh, I know about human design, you know?
1: Yeah. Why? I think that it was, so they hired me as a director of programming. And so I curated all the events and, and it was like a consciousness space. And it was just like, we had so many freaking cool events. It was such a, like we had three huge, beautiful buildings in New York city. And so I was like curating all these talks and I like curated a talk on human design. And my partner was like, Aaron, like, why don't you give a talk on human design? Like you're three or four years in, you know? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, and so I, I put myself on the calendar for like the, I don't remember when the first talk was, um, maybe it was March. And four hundred people came.
0: Oh my goodness! And what was like? Like like, yeah, when I'm guessing for the different types of events, different attendants would come. But like, what was the range? Because that
1: sounds like (laughs) no, it was it was totally full. It was like not all events were like that, you know. And I think what was so interesting is like they weren't coming for Aaron. They were coming because they were curious about human design, you know, and so like. And I was so silly because my parents were in New York City at that time. So I remember they came to this first talk of mine, which was like such a sweet little moment to have them there. But so, yeah, so when I say all my clients came from there, like, I, I was so visible, like just, I was always there. I was in front of all the people, people knew that I did human design. So like my, my schedule and my sessions were fully booked, you know, from people from those spaces. Got it. So it wasn't um, necessarily
0: like you like talking to people and like, oh, by the way, it was like you hosted that event and then you became known as like the human. Oh, like, so yeah. Like people then are reaching out to you because you chose, like took the risk of like, okay, I'll talk about human design Totally,
1: totally. And also like, again, I was so blessed with a founder and boss that was so supportive. Like, so he was just like, everyone go to Aaron for human design. He like had me do it for all the teams, you know, as part of it. So it was just like everything around it was really supporting it. But yeah, it, it's it's so funny looking back because I feel like sometimes we just like, we can feel that a thing is right, but we just don't know why. And I remember when that opportunity came up, I'm like, this feels right, but it feels like I'm giving up my dream. And I think looking back, I'm like, no, 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 it accelerated my dream. Taking that you know, job like it, at the assembly, Yes. Trial, yeah. It made my dream possible. So... I was so so lucky to be there, um, but also my my business was really dependent on that community, and so I didn't leave until I knew that my community, my business, could be sustained outside of the Assemblage.
0: Got it. So you did end up leaving though before the world shut down, which I'm guessing then I included did. I left spaces. in early twenty. 20- yeah. I
1: was, I had been building the business and actually spending, I mean, I went into the the job at 2 PM. So I was like in sessions all morning. So I was building the business until I think I left like maybe January of 2019. Wow. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I guess go ahead and like, what is, cause even I, I had a human design reading. Time is so confusing with COVID now too. Cause I was like, how many years ago was that? <laughs> Doesn't it feel like it was like those years were like so long and also like didn't it happen at the same time? So several years ago, someone of mine who was like a past client of mine was just like, Oh, I, you know, I do human design now because I offer you a reading. And since it was free (laughs) being offered, because I'm, because otherwise I don't know, I was like, Oh, yeah, sure. And I didn't know much about it, but was, I'm always super interested in that stuff. And I'm the same thing with astrology. Like I'm not someone who follows everything so closely, but it's always felt like this like release sort of in some ways or permission to just knowing things and makes it feel like less hard on yourself or like we have to figure it out. Why is this? Why do I feel this? Why am I like this? Like I thought. I think we find so many ways to like make ourselves wrong <laughs> for things. And so I think this information – uh, is always helpful and useful. And even though I'm not somebody that like totally like lives on it, I live like, sure, like, yeah. So like, yes, I said yes to it. And I was interested and a little bit confronted, I think too, with the information she gave me. And I kind of like had a notebook where I wrote some things and then like lost it and was sort of like, what did that even mean? <laughs> but then human design has become so much more prevalent in the last few years. So I'm seeing it more on social media, and whatever. And so then it would make me check like, oh, wait, what was I again? Okay. And like, what is my thing? What is this? And some you know, and so it would make me be like, oh, right, that resonates more with me. And so recently, yeah, I had been more like, especially your posts and things and being like, oh, yeah. And like sort of trying to figure out, yeah, how can, how to make it support me more knowing this more information. But I still don't even actually understand what it is. <laughs> So what, yeah, like, how do you describe human design and and why, yeah, you're so called to do it?
1: Yeah. So human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth. And it reveals your kind of It reveals your energetic blueprint on how you're wired to thrive when it comes to how you're designed to make decisions, build a business, partner, parent, collaborate, all of it. It gives us like kind of a permission slip and roadmap to be ourselves. And it reminds us that we are all wired to do things so, so, so differently. And the more we kind of lean into our uniqueness, the more we flow. And I think what drew me to human design is that like, I love systems. I have been like a systems, you know, just like obsessed with them since I was young. And I've done like a bajillion certifications and... I think that like I always felt like a little bit overwhelmed with the information in terms of like not knowing how to always bring it to life. And I think the magic of human design is that it's so actionable and it's so tactical. Like even though it like comes from the stars in so many ways, like the information it offers us is stuff that we can integrate into our day-to-day. And so like I love that human design bridged the mystical with the practical. And I love that it gave people tools because I think so often. We don't need more information. We need the right information at the right time to kind of make powerful change in our lives. And so I think human design does that so 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 beautifully. And I also the last piece that I would share is that like when I sit with people, I am so rarely telling them anything that they that they don't know. Like human design is often a, like just giving them a language for things that they have always felt but never given themselves permission to step into. You know. And so I think that like that's that can feel so relieving for people.
0: Yeah, I love it. And like obviously listeners and, you know, already just, as I said, I've written a book about F the shoulds and like eliminating the shoulds from your life so that you can be more in tune with what it is that you feel, what you want, why you're feeling that, what your thoughts are and your beliefs so you can question them and get to the reality. And so like, then that's like, of course, like, I'm like, oh, that feels so soothing to me and like right on. And again, it is like a lot of my book is like giving you permission to listen to yourself and to trust yourself and be who you are. So I think I am like – that's why I'm even more drawn to human design these days with like now with launching the book too and doing like, okay, (laughs) living my message even more to project it out into the world. Yeah, it's such
1: a – human design is a really good tool to like get out of the shoulds and like how can you do things in a way that just feels right to you and works for you and like not based on like anyone else's roadmap because I think we get so tripped up when it's just like – we've got to like do this because it worked for them or what I think that I should do. And human design is like, no, we're all super different. Like just because they built a business successfully in that way, in no way means it will work for you, you know, nor, nor will it be sustainable for you. And so I think it's such an amazing tool to be like, do things in a way that works for you. And you will find most flow by doing that.
0: Yeah. And like that, it's a consistent reminder that it's again, like, even though I wrote this book about this thing. It's still something I have to do so many times throughout the day is remind myself, no, 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 no. (laughs) Come back to yourself. Oh, you see that? You see that person doing that? Or you should do that? It feels like all of these shoulds and that. And so I think, again, by knowing like, oh, I'm a this, I'm a that. And like, what are these things? It can be so supportive. So what are ways that like you learning about your own blueprint? Is that what it's like called? Has like I call it blueprint, but human design, human design yeah. has, um, like supported you. Yeah. So we're on a daily basis well, for, even too.
1: Totally. I mean, in so many ways, like first, so your projector, like me, dude, do, do you know that?
0: Yes, I did see that you're a projector and I knew I was a projector. And I well, do you know that you're a projector. Yes. yes. And I do remember the first time that person told me I was a projector. Even I was like a little triggered by the, it just felt like, what does that mean? <laughs> Projecting feels <laughs> Why are you like me that? projector I know. in some way felt to me like a negative thing. You know, isn't it funny? The names
1: are so like, they're like the weirdest words. Like they're often like so not intuitive. Okay. But I think, um, So the first piece that I discovered was that I was a projector and like basically what that means is that like projectors like aren't really here to be these like consistent doers like we are much better like of service to the world and we're like leaders and guides and we're often like so smart and wise about people and so good at asking questions and like it's really nice to be in a position of like interviewer or podcast host or coach or therapist or healer or manager or leader where it's so much around like supporting and guiding others Um, Because we just see so much. And I think that we also are not, like I said, meant to be consistent doers. We're really here to honor the ebbs and flows of our energy. So I think that like that first piece is that like, I've always been obsessed with people. You know what I mean? I've always loved asking questions. I'm just like, how do they work best? And like, I just like, I'm so curious. And I think that I never believed that I could make a career out of that. And I think the first kind of nugget human design gave me is like, no, 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 your wisdom around people is exactly what you're meant to do, you know? And so like now I've kind of built, and also projectors tend to love systems like human design because it's a way to, for us to better understand people and how they work, you know? So like, I think one, it just gave me so much permission. I think also as an entrepreneur, it's really reminded me that like when I work super long hours or super long days, like I'm just not at my best. That's not where I thrive. Like I thrive when I rest, when I have ease, when things feel spacious. And that I'm not meant to do it alone, you know? So, my husband is my business partner. He's what we call a generator. He's got all this amazing energy to make things happen. And it's been a real dance for me of being like, my job is to be good at human design and to be supported on the rest, you know, in the way that our business is structured. So, that's been a big piece. I'm navigating every day of like, not here to be a doer. Rest is okay. Wisdom around people is my gift. How can I lean into that? So I'm just curious, I'm going to, I'll keep telling you things that resonate with me or have impacted me, but like, how does that resonate with you or not as a fellow projector?
0: Yeah, no, that's something too, that I have to like, it was another, like, and again, from following you and see, so regularly seeing that reminder, cause I've known that About me too. I also, so I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was young. And that was like a part of my angst in my teenage years that worked in for of actually good for me because I was in so much physical pain that I like was just so like angsty. And um, it made me sort of realize I couldn't control my physical pain at the time, but like I was seeing I could do something about the mental pain I was causing myself by like, you know, living in the shoulds and comparisons and doubts and fears. And again, those are all still things that come up for me, but just that I wasn't like living into them, that I gave myself the chance to live my way and push past those things on a daily basis. And I still do, but it's still daily work. Forget what you have been told you should do or should be. Instead, ask yourself, what do I want? F the shoulds, do the wants, the book, takes you on a journey of healing and self-discovery as it exposes the deeply rooted ways that shoulds are running your life and manipulating how you feel about yourself. In the book, I take you on my personal journey of uncovering all the deep-rooted implications of the word should and how it Fs with us on a daily basis. Through my personal stories, powerful insights, and simple yet impactful tools, you will gain the self-awareness and empowerment that this one Word life hack gives me. Stop shooting all over yourself for real. Don't just say that phrase, but look at all the ways every single day that you have unknowingly been shooting on yourself instead of coming to yourself and seeing, is this what I want? Do I want this? How does this make me feel? why am I doing this? The book is going to really get you good at questioning your thoughts, beliefs, and actions so that you get to truly show up being aligned and alive in your own life. Learn how to listen to what it is that you truly feel and want so that you are living your most present, aligned, and alive life. Got to read this quote from my friend Jen Pasteloff. As I always say, should is an asshole and Trisha Huffman is the voice you want in your ear to teach you how to stop shooting on yourself. So order now. Go to once.com and claim your bonuses. The first one, you get a free ticket to the live virtual book release party and workshop with my friend Robin Euculus, Jason Mraz, and myself. You're going to get immediate access to my five-part bonus video series that helps to transform and heal shoulds and an exclusive EFT tapping meditation from New York Times bestselling author and the co-founder of The Tapping Solution, Jessica Ortner. Go to FTheShouldsDoTheOnce.com. Release date is officially May 10th. The, The virtual party is May 17th. If it's out already when you're listening to this, then just go ahead and order it and you can still come back and claim bonuses. But you only get the virtual ticket if you pre-order. All right. Thank you so, so much. F the shoulds, do the once.com. So one of the things I've always sort of said that one of the gifts of my chronic um, condition was that it made me take really good care of my body and that like I had to rest and like I had to like do things that felt good to me and not to be like going, going, going and stuff. But I do realize later in my life and then even in entrepreneurship which is so funny because you go to work for yourself and like i get to make my own hours and i get to do this but then still the like shoulds of okay you're like my kids are now in like school all day for the first time this year and so then it feels like i should be working from every moment that they're not home yeah, right like yeah and i have to constantly pull back but like oh right but take care of yourself and like yeah like this week monday and tuesday i did not and I also uh, am a single parent, and they used to go, usually go to their dad's on the weekends, but he's on tour now, so I have them full-time. So I used to have weekends to rest and recharge, and now I don't. And so, again, it's like building this, like, right, I have to be even better about building it into my days. like Monday came, energy's drained, do rest. Okay, you don't have that to do. But then there's still this, you know, comes up, the guilt, the shame, the shoulds of – my kids are at school. This is my work time. I should be working and reminding myself like, no, to honor my energy. Like, so that is something yeah, like on the daily basis. And yes, very much this week where it's like a constant pulling back into like trusting yourself. There's time. Yeah. You're going to have that energy burst. The ideas are going to come. Everything's Make happening. Yourself available
1: for it. Yes. You need to rest
0: right now. That's what your body wants. That's where you thrive. So like, that's For sure. But it was an interesting thing learning about projectors because I had always like given it to like having fibromyalgia and so that I had to take care of my body so I could show up for my life.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's so, yeah. And I mean, it feels like you've had, you just had to, there's been no other choice, you know? And I think that like, it is a real practice of seeing rest as not a lazy choice, but as a thing that like only makes you better at what you do, you know? And I think that that's been a real practice for me of just allowing that. And there are things happening in my life too, where it's like right now, where it's just like, that's the only option you know what I mean? Like I literally have to, you know? And so it's just like, it's, it's a really good reminder. I think another piece of being a projector that was really transformative for me is that I learned that I wasn't meant to initiate or chase after things. That's but a I was meant one to one can... for
0: me and I uh, clarification no. about
1: that. <laughs> and then of course I want to hear your thoughts. So basically like what that means for projectors, and I'm sure we can put a link in the show notes. You can look up your design at humandesignblueprint.com if you want to see what your type is. But it means that we're not designed to chase after or initiate or force. The best opportunities and relationships for us are the ones that we feel invited into the ones where we feel cherished and valued and treasured. It's because we bring such a kind of unique perspective and way of doing things to the table. And so it's important to like be with, whether it's working or dating, you know, or being friends with people that really see us and like really invite in our perspective and like make us feel really known. And so the first piece that I would share is that like, A big lesson for me is like I stopped trying to be understood by people that did not see me. You know what I mean? I was just like, and like, sometimes like the people that I want to see me, don't see me, you know? And so like, I think that was a big lesson of like, I don't need to force that. Like, if I don't feel deeply seen in that space. Like I can pull my energy out. Like I know that my, the projector energy is very intense. Like we lock into people and we make them feel very seen. If they're not ready for it, it can be like a little bit too much. And so like, it's been a real lesson for me. i like, this invitation is here to protect my energy and let me know who's really ready for it. But I think the other piece, and, and you might've been challenged by this idea of like, the invitation is not a passive thing. Like I think my first reaction was like, how in the world am I supposed to build a business based on the invitation? Like, am I sitting at home? How do they find me? And I, and I, you know, I have actually such an example of my business. The first two years of the first human design business I had, like I didn't let myself be seen and I just like pitched companies. And like we had some success, but not really. And it was just like, again, a lot of resistance because it was so misaligned with my design because like I hadn't really discovered how to do it well. I've learned that my job as a projector is to make myself visible and to know that like people cannot find me unless I allow myself to be seen. And so like my job is to just share myself authentically and broadly. And the platforms for me have been newsletters, podcasts, Instagram, um, and we're we're branching out to new ones. But like, I just share often, like, I don't know how you found me. I'm assuming through Instagram, like, you know, like I just share and like allow the right people to find me. And so I think I want to remind the projectors that like, people cannot find you and let yourself, unless you let yourself be seen. And like, I found so much success in the second iteration of my business, I think mostly because I've allowed it and I've been like, I am making myself visible. And I think in the first iteration, I was so scared, you know? And so like, I would just remind projectors, it's not a passive strategy. Like again, people cannot invite you unless they see you. So tell me how it feels hearing all of that.
0: Yeah. And I, or again, when I had that first meeting years ago, I remember getting that piece and sort of being like, I don't like this, so I'm going to shove this away. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, from following you and um, hearing you, well, hearing you, whatever, sharing, because it is mostly on Instagram, probably that I see what you're saying, um, that it was like loving the idea of more the invitation or just like that it might become, come more from like people you already know or something like that. But like, yeah, like you're constantly putting yourself out there. But I do still struggle with that like waiting for the invitation sort of thing where it's like I'm putting myself out there, especially like right now, right? I have a book coming out. And so it is like, you want, I I want my book to, to be read because I really believe what's in it and not like I get emotional every time I go to talk about it because I really believe in what I'm sharing. And so of course, like, I want to get the book out there so that it changes people's lives or has the opportunity to. And so then it is like, and I am right now, like in the like, okay, let me pitch myself to people I know for podcasts and things, but also i am trying, you know, to, yeah, like reach writers. So it is like, do I even then pitch myself to these people that don't know of me, but they might know friends of friends or like that's sort of part of me is sort of like that. Because also my whole life I've sort of, I haven't sort of, I have been very much like led to, I'll show you, like I felt like nobody ever believed in me. Like one of my core beliefs was no one cares about me. So then, but it led me to be so fuck you. I'm going to like go live my life and show you. Like So so in many ways, it made me very independent and sort of like push my way into things. And I was very successful in things. Um, Again, that like served me for a purpose until it didn't. And like I have done a lot of work around that. But yeah, so it is an interesting even looking back and I'm like, I don't know, but I can see like relationships from that sort of thing and that. But I'm like, I did a lot of like let me in. Trust me, you want me. And And I still am like trying to do that. Banging on people's walls with love.
1: Yeah. And like, and here's what I'd say is that like, this is all an experiment. Like I would say play with it. Like I've definitely reached out to people, but it's very much always through the lens of like, I just want you to know that I exist. You know what I mean? Like here I am, take it or leave it, you know? And so like, that's actually been really successful at certain times. But I think where the invitation is most important is like, The people that you're like continually working with, it's like the friends that you're allowing into your life, the clients that you're saying yes to kind of these, like, these, like things where you're really like sharing your gifts in a really consistent way. Like that's where I think it's the most important if you're like really invited in and recognized and seen. And I think there's a specific part of your design, which comes from your profile. You are a four, six, that is around the fact, and I think you've read this, is that your opportunities are really meant to come through your community. And so I think one of the best ways to make yourself visible is like sharing with the people close to you, whether it's on Instagram or your friends or former colleagues or whatever or clients, like making it really easy for them to spread the word. Because often so many aligned opportunities for you are meant to come from the people that you know.
0: Yeah, that part has been helpful. And I did when you were um talking about like your experience and sort of like how I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how you said it, but like you, the ability of like really letting people be, or people have the experience of really being seen. And sometimes that can be too much for them. I think you might've said like, I feel that. And like, I'm someone who can so like, so honestly and wholly be pouring love on to people and support. And even like on social media, it's like, so they're, you know, it's like, oh, but I see like, they have this wall up as much as they'll interact with me, but they're like not letting me in. And so like, and I hold this space for them of like. Cool, like I'm here and I still love and support you and I would love for us to be better. And like, but I don't like hold a grudge against these people or even like, well, a part of me does still hold on to that. I will win you over bit, but there's really like not an attachment to it. And so that is also, Sue, so when I'm sending a pitch out for an email or, you know, connecting with someone online that I would love to like further my relationship. And I'm like, no, really, I think you would love me. And like, <laughs> And and like whether it's a friendship or I would love to like be, you know, featured on your podcast or something that I do have this sort of like real love and like sort of detachment from it in a way. And I don't know where that is. I mean, that's even part of the book. I even share like, uh, I can't even think of, I'm losing the thought of what chapter, like what the idea is about, but basically like, oh, how we're like expecting something in return off like transactional relationships and how I realized that like, I can't do anything. So like a lot of the should, the one thing is seeing like being really clear with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it so that I don't have like some external attachment to like what should be coming back to me from it. And so like that I can't do anything. I don't ever make an ask or request or send somebody a product as a gift for my product line. Even if they've said, oh my gosh, please send me this and I will share it unless I feel totally great about nothing happening, including not getting a thank you. And it hurts when I send people things and I don't even get a thank you. <laughs> but again, I like am back clear with myself that, yeah, I really wanted them to have it and whatever happens, happens. And so the same thing with like when I'm making any sort of request out in the world or like showing up as beloved supportive person that I am, that it's like, yeah, I would love this to lead to that. And also like, I just really love you. And I'm happy that I hope this, you know, comment supports you and, or I hope this, Affirmation deck or journal that I sent you supports you. 100%. Yeah.
1: I love that. I think it really is such a powerful thing for everyone to, you know, just like, I think, I think where it can feel intense, especially as projectors, because our energy is so innately intense, is that like, we're like, I want this thing. And I, it's just like, we're like, whoa, you know, but like, I think when it comes from that place of like, I just want to share my magic with you and you get to choose how to engage with it in a response, it's a lot easier to respond to. And I think sometimes that can be a beautiful way to make yourself visible i just like, let me just like, let you know that I exist. Okay. So there's another part of my design and then out we can talk about more or you can take it somewhere else. But I think that like, and you and I also share this, it's around our decision-making I'm what we call an emotional or wait for clarity inner authority. And it basically like, it was such a big shift for me because it means that I'm not designed to make decisions spontaneously or in the moment. The best decisions for me are the ones that I sleep on and take my time to feel into And I think that historically I had been really spontaneous in my decision making and really regretful, like where I would jump in on like an emotional high and be like, yes, I'm so excited. And then I would like wake up the next day and be like, why did I commit to that thing? You know? And so I think it's really been a pretty big lifestyle shift to just make it a practice to like give myself like a day or two before saying yes. And to know that like I must love a thing over time and not just in the moment. And I thrive when I make decisions from like a very cool, calm, settled place and not a super emotionally intense one. And so that's been a really profound lesson for me in terms of entering into the right things in the first place. But also I'm surrounded by people that are much faster in their decision making. So I've also learned how to like really honor their processes without making myself wrong for mine. And so you're actually similar to me in your design in terms of you're meant to give yourself like a beat.
0: Okay. I didn't gotten into, into that. Like I haven't in yeah. the number stuff and the other things. I haven't like there's
1: so much. I haven't yeah. really dived
0: all yeah. in. Um so I'm the same way that it's I'm meant to uh yes. not quick. That's interesting. And I feel that in um in the same thing where it's like and again, there's even part of my book where I it's like, I didn't know that about me, but I was just sort of giving – because it's one of the chapters about being a yes to you and so being able to say no to things. And so like I'm teaching like a tip is to like, hey, leave this space for like give yourself like a maybe or like, like – you people feel like we have to automatically have an answer for things is what I have felt like. And like, oh, wait, you're allowed to just say, let me get back to you. <laughs> and like giving yourself this buffer time. But I didn't realize that like I had that in my chart, but that is something I will notice too. I'll have like a brilliant idea of what I want to do or offer next. And then, yeah, I sit with it and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> like, like that I have to like, you know, like, yeah, like that I've learned from myself to like, Give yourself some time because I get so excited about an idea. And this is what I'm going to do. uh, And like, and I used to be like, tell people right away or like share about it. And now I'm like, mm, let's see. But also then allowing myself to change my mind because I know that I can be like that. And so I also then be like, well, I guess I have to do this now because I should, because I said I would. And then be like, oh, no, wait, it's okay to change my mind. But now I have learned, yes, to give myself a buffer without realizing that was part of like something I needed for my design. Well, you
1: know what I I love about that is like the magic of human design. I think I said this at the beginning is that like, it doesn't tell us anything new, and I think when we're like doing like I don't know, always like doing work on ourselves, but like when we're self-aware and like really like aligning with what feels best for us, we will naturally live our design, and human design will just validate that. You know, like you probably discovered that like oh, taking a beat is good because my inspiration might only be for a moment, you know, and like I just need a time to assess whether it's true. Like I think that you already knew that, and it just gives language to it. And it's funny because there's another part of your design. Which is around, I feel this from you just in our conversation today is that like you're somebody who's very easily inspired. Like if you're talking to somebody that's excited by a thing, you're like, I am in it. I am so excited. This is amazing. And like so much so that you might be like, I'm gonna go do this thing too, you know, or like make this thing happen. But like you might separate yourself from their energy and be like, I am actually not excited about that thing. Like I was just amplifying their excitement, which was super. And I talked to a client about this yesterday and like, she's gotten into so much trouble because she's very similar in this way where people are like, oh my God, we're going to build all these things together because she was so excited. And then she would like walk away and she's like, I don't want to actually build those things. And I think that I was just like amplifying their excitement. So it is interesting hearing you say that because I can really imagine that dynamic and time is such a beautiful tool to just like, be like, is this thing actually right for me or not?
0: Yeah, no, I can feel it. And I don't feel, I mean, I am easily inspired and excitable and I'm sure there are some things that I've definitely like joined like in the moment, but I've always been good with them. But I think, again, that is the part of like being able to trust myself and listen that I like, yeah, I can walk away from things and just be like, oh, that was cool. But yeah, it's not for me or something that I'm okay with. Like, great. That's so awesome. They're into that. And that sounds awesome. And I'm not. Whereas again, I feel like we can then like should ourselves into doing something because well, if they're so into it and that's so this or blah, 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 or if I acted that excited, then I have to. Um, but yes, I am very much easily engaged <laughs> and excited and inspired. Yes. You know, and like what a
1: gift, you know, but it's like knowing how to work with it. It's like knowing like how to work with your easily inspired nature without making making you feel scattered you know? So it's just kind of like finding that balance. Cause there's like really like our human design is like, it's not inherently good or bad. Like it will reveal what it will look like to live in the shadow or the wisdom of each piece, you know? And so like it can be scattered for you or inspired, you know? So it's just like learning how to navigate that. So do you want me to keep talking about things I learned? Do you have other questions? What are you feeling?
0: Well, I do. Uh, I have a general question for since like, what you ask for or when you're when somebody you asked me for but also you can go into the website and you put, you enter yeah your birth date and time of birth and place of birth right and that's similar to astrology so what um obviously you can tell that it's much different but at the same time I make up that people might because it uses those same details that it's like does it work along with astrology or like yeah do you have any like You
1: know, astrology plays a piece, you know, human design is like pulls from a lot of different systems from astrology to the Kabbalah to the I Ching to to the chakra system. So it kind of really pulls from a lot of different things to give us a blueprint to how we operate best. But yes, it is absolutely impacted by like what was happening in the sky the moment we were born and kind of what our imprint is. I think that like, you know, my simplest, I know a lot of astrologists and like people always assume that I'm like an astrology expert as well. And like, I'm just not. I look at the natal chart, I'm like, what? And then so many of my astrologist friends look at a human design chart and they're like, huh? And so like, they just are really different systems, you know, and they offer really different and separately useful and amazing information, but they, I find they're very supportive of each other. Um, so I think that astrology does play a piece, but it is one piece of many in human design.
0: And what it like, so obviously people can go and figure out what their what their things are, the their word and their numbers and their all of these different things. And you share lots of different things about that, too. But I also see, and I love that you do this in your stories that it seems like from calls, like one on one calls that you have in the week, you will share like things that came up during those calls that would apply to other people, like, oh, a, pro, a projector was struggling with this and there's business or something like that. and i I really appreciate that. So what? What do you find that um, most people are like booking these one on one sessions about? You know, is it just to support them in using their human design? Yeah. You know,
1: like, it's a great question. Yeah. I think that, like, you know, the mission of what we do is like, I love teaching human design because I'm obviously obsessed with it. But, like, I think that we're actually much more oriented towards supporting people that use human design to live their best life. So it's not about like teaching people all the details, but it's like, how can you actually use this system to find more flow in your business, in your family, in your relationships, in your life? And so, you know, sessions are so, I actually call them sessions, not readings for that reason. Like, I think that initially I was like, okay, let me give you everything you need to know about your design. And like, I just don't, people don't always need to know that. And so like, I think the way that I structure sessions now, and I'm kind of reeling back how many I do, but I think that like, I'll sit with somebody, I'll get more context into where they are in their life. And then we'll dig into all the aspects of their design that are most relevant and useful to where they are, you know? And so that could look like, okay, how can I build a business in a way that is sustainable for my my design and aligned with my design? How can I learn how to like best parent my five-year-old who operates really differently for me? It's a couple coming together. Like how can we best be in partnership given that we're so different? How can we best support each other? So, or, you know... If people want to just know the basis of their design, we can dig into that. But I think it's more focused on like how people can use it and how they can actually apply it in their life to just find more alignment and flow.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that too because back when that person offered, she was like, oh, I can do it for your kids too. And I was like, huh? And now I understand like, yeah, and I have yet to do this. If you look up my kids' information, then I can see what they are. And then that helps me to like understand them and parent them different from even just – yeah, yeah, like the times of like, right, one kid might need more time to recharge and alone time, right? Or like, other, what are other things like that, like that would help as a, a parent or learning about even like, yeah, your partner and stuff like that? Like, oh God, it's so, other people.
1: yeah, it's like so vast, you know, whether it's working with a team, a partnership or a family, like I find that we get really tripped up when we want someone to be different from what we are or similar to us.
0: I just choked, I choked on water. I was not That It sounded like I was laughing
1: at you. I was like, what did I say? Was it
0: shocking? Yes. I know. I was like, as it came out, I was like, oh, she's going to think I'm
1: re-. I was like, I've never seen that reaction. Um, um, so I think that, so like, I think the magic of human design in relationship settings is really starting to understand how somebody operates and support them in that. So if we use the example of a family, I was sitting with a mother last week. You know, and I reminded her, I was like, she was struggling with her daughter. And I was like, you know, your daughter is a projector like you and I. And she was like, she really needs one on one time. Like, one on one time is like what makes her feel recognized and seen. And she's like, oh my God, like, I know that. I've been avoiding that. And I noticed what a difference it is. And I was reminding her, I was like, she needs rest. She's not going to keep up with you. Like, she needs space and time alone. She needs to be invited in. She needs to feel recognized. So, like, it gives us a lot of really practical tools to learn how to honor people. And you might have a partner romantically or business. And you might discover that they're like really quick decision makers, whereas you need a lot more time. And so instead of trying to reach clarity on the same timeline, it's just like honoring each other's process or say you're working with a team and you're like, oh, wow, like this person like might really love collaboration. This person might need a lot of space to be in their independent flow. This person might really enjoy open-ended questions. This person might like really specific yes, no questions. So like, it just gives us so much tactical, so many practical tools to just like know how to bring out the best in each person that we're around. And I think that I just, I love that. I think it reveals how different we are. And I think by doing that, it brings us so much closer together because we're just like, oh, like, I'm like not expecting you to be like, me and now I know all the ways that I can like leverage and pull out your uniqueness.
0: I love that. And yeah, now I definitely want to look up my daughters. You
1: and- got to. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that parenting is definitely the most powerful application of human design. You know, and like I love team stuff, I love partnership stuff, I love individual stuff. But even when I talk about my family, my parents giving me a lot of permission when I was young, like I was so blessed to have that. But like often we live our design so purely when we're really young then we kind of get conditioned into what we think we should do to what you're writing about. And then we discover human design or whatever. We discover ourselves later in life, and then we, like, come back to our kind of natural operating system. And I think what human design does is it reminds us from a very young age of, like, like just it gives us so much permission to be who we are and know that it's different, and that's okay, and I think that you actually just like I can't even tell you how many sessions I've sat in where like clients are just like, Where were you twenty years ago? Like gosh, you know like i I've learned these lessons and they've been hard, and it would have been so nice to have them be validated by a stranger, so I didn't try to walk this path that wasn't actually for me
0: love that what do you do you have visions or ideas for what you want to do in the future, whether it's with human design or or otherwise?
1: Hmm. So many. (laughs) I think that like, you know, our mission, so we, we started, we didn't, I mean, this is the same company, but we're really kind of transitioning a business away from like my personality as like Erin Claire Jones. So like its own entity, which is both like the most terrifying and the most exciting thing.
0: Right. I saw you started it like a new social media recently. Right. Yeah.
1: So it just, it allows us to reach a whole different, it's just a different thing, you know, and it's just not about a personality and it's about this entity that we're creating. So I think that our mission is to really be the best place to start learning about your design and to really focus our information on using human design to live your best life, you know, Um, whether it's in business or in relationships or in life. And so you know, we offer, which I'm sure we can talk about at the end, like is, is these kind of books all about you and your unique design. And so that's really the focus, but yeah, we're going to offer lots of different things of like doing that in partnership of offering courses of offering trainings. But I think that like, it's really this, it's, it's a fun thing as an entrepreneur to watch things evolve and it can be really change can be really scary, but it feels like we're really kind of like stepping into this really new way of, of spreading human design to the world. So there's a lot coming down the pipeline, but this first step is kind of allowing it to be its own entity that is separate from me.
0: Awesome. And yeah, like, cause is that what, is it called the blueprint that like I've saw you can like, is that what you're saying? The like books you can get? Yes. And so, yeah, is that you like you enter information and then the person gets like the personalized book based on their, all the things.
1: So they, all the things, so they get like, and I've been doing, I made, I mean, we, it's been a crazy journey. It's been like such a labor of love, but like the blueprint is basically a 55 plus page written guide to your unique design. So it kind of walks you through all the most essential pieces of your design in like the most practical and empowering way of like, how do you make decisions? How do you like. Be in partnership. How do you, what are your strengths? What are your challenges? And so it's kind of meant to be an operating resource, like an operating manual to you that you can keep coming back to, like especially in moments of like resistance or challenge. And so that's kind of been the heart of what we do, of just like offering people those operating manuals and those books, like all about how they operate best.
0: Very cool. And yeah, when you said like trainings, yeah, how do people, is there like trainings out there for people who then like want to become, is it like a certified human design practitioner? Or is that, I'm guessing that has to exist by now, but maybe it wasn't always a thing or is it a thing?
1: I mean, it's all kind of made up, if I'm going to be honest. Like, (laughs) I think that like, I I, I and what I mean by that is like, everything's made up really, but it's all made up. (laughs) We just like all agree to believe it. You know what I mean? But I think that like, I went to, I went through a very traditional human design kind of education after my first teacher. And while it was really useful and important, it was also very rigid and like kind of dogmatic in a way that didn't really jive with me but it was all that existed at the time. And it was kind of by like the human design institution. And I think since then there've been a lot of people sharing human design in a much more practical, empowering, fun way. I'm one of them, but there are many. And, and a lot of people have like invented their own certifications, which is like why I say it's made up, you know, like they've decided and that's fine, you know? So like, I think that like, if people want to dive into, and what we'll be offering our own as well, but like, I don't think we're going to call it a certification just because we're going to acknowledge that (laughs) it's all made up. But I think that like, there are a lot of different educational opportunities. And I think my biggest reminder for people is like, there's no set path. And I would really kind of trust the teachers you feel drawn to the way of learning that you feel drawn to people self study, they learn like, I've invested a lot of money in my education, that's not always gonna be the route for people, you know, like people might love just like self studying and learning through books. So it really... It can vary, but I think that there's more and more stuff out there. But I would really just kind of make sure you choose a teacher that resonates with you.
0: Yeah. And I think it was interesting you said that many projectors are like drawn to, because that's what, again, like, I projector and like, I don't want to necessarily like be uh, like oh make my whole business human design, but I recently like I said that I've become more interested. You're like, like, totally, that I've been, like more interested in it, and that the same thing that I'm like oh yeah maybe I would love to learn more about it to add it to the work that I do with my clients to like help them understand. But it's like not that I would shift fully into this, and yeah, but it's like I don't necessarily need to be a trained human design person. But yeah, I'm definitely like more drawn to learning more about it to then direct more people. <laughs> to support that, <laughs> or use it as another an amazing, tool to support people
1: with yeah yeah it'd be I think it's an amazing tool to have as like a coach or if you're just working with people like understanding their design is so supportive and helping you know how to like bring out the best with them bring out the best of them and like help work with them you know so I think it's such a cool tool to have in your toolbox whether you choose to like master it or not which is like it's so dense and it's a lifelong study but I think that like you can get all these amazing tools to know how best to work with people
0: Awesome. I'm gonna get to the last questions that I asked yes. everybody. Um, what is a go-to to raise your joy levels?
1: These days, so we just adopted two rescue pups, and they've been like kind of a terror while also being like the biggest heartwarming, expansive thing in the world. So, I would say probably like raising joy level is just like playing with them. They're like, oh, it's unbelievable, like what they do to what they do to me.
0: Love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I ask everybody to apply this phrase to their life. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. What is easiest for me is blank. Well, this is like again, with like it could be going against your human design. Like what is easiest for me is blank. What is best for me is this, where it's o- so often we like operate by these like I gotta do this, 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 or we do these things a certain way and like tuning back to wait, what would be best for me?
1: I think what's easiest for me is to kind of like fill my schedule saying yes to a lot of. Cool things, and I think what is best for me is like leaving a lot more space. Same,
0: <laughs> which a lesson uh, I'm like Jackers? a, a, a yeah. lesson I learned, and I tell an interesting story about in my book. <laughs> oh, so, way. Good.
1: so good.
0: <laughs> I had to learn that. Le- I learned some lessons the hard way, but they had oh, lasting God. learning experience. Impact, yeah. Um, the last question is: the name of the podcast is Claim It because I feel so often we can be like chasing like these things of what it looks like to be enough or what it looks like to be successful or what it looks like to be successful. I just said the same word. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, did I just echo in my ear? I was just emphasizing. I was like, yes, like, yeah. <laughs> enough, successful, fulfilled, <laughs> worthy, et cetera. Um, But I feel if we focus on what it would feel like for us to feel those things, then we can actually have access to claiming them. And so I'd like to ask you, what are you claiming for yourself right now?
1: I think that I – you know, one thing I'm just going to share a really, really quick anecdote. I just did a um, retreat with Elizabeth Gilbert and Rachel Cargill, and, like, it was so fun. But one of my favorite activities is everyone wrote a permission, like, slip for them where they wrote, like, I give Erin Claire Jones permission to – and everyone stood up and shared theirs and everyone was like, permission granted. And so this like reminds me of that. It was so cool like, to hear what people said. So anyways, I think that like I feel like I am claiming, which is always an ongoing process of just like really creating more space for myself and my, the business, which is happening. And just like really trusting that like I am better at everything when like space and rest and ease is like a real part of my days.
0: Yes. Theme. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. And we'll definitely link in the show notes, um, like taking the quiz and getting the blueprints and all of that good stuff. And hopefully, hopefully we'll turn some more people into human design and learning about themselves so they can embrace more of who they are instead of who they think they should be or how they should be moving through the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's just,
1: it's the biggest permission slip. And I, do, do you want to offer a discount code for the blueprint? Oh yeah, yeah, if go so, ahead,
0: go for it. Do you have a word that you like to use? Claim uh, it? Well, it could be claim it, yeah.
1: Okay, so the discount code for the blueprint will be claim it. And one that will word. be at human design, one word, com.
0: Awesome. So claim it, one word, at com, And that'll get a discount on on the blueprint. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for doing your stuff. And putting your, making yourself visible out in the world for us to find you. Oh my God, thanks for inviting
1: me. It was such a pleasure to connect with you.
0: All right, I hope you found this episode interesting. There are links so that you can go check out. You can go find your design at humandesignblueprint.com. Um, you can get the blueprint like book, the 65 page book, I believe it is. At humandesignblueprint.com. Uh, well, and there's a bunch of dashes and stuff. I'll just have the link, but if you go to that and you get your um design, I think it automatically prompts you to do you want to buy the book? And you can use code code claimit one word for 10% off. Again, go follow Aaron Claire Jones at human blueprint design and at Aaron Claire Jones. All things me are Trisha I'm at underscore Trisha Huffman. The podcast is at Podcast. I got the product line at your joyologist. And please, 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 please go order my book. Go buy extra copies to gift it to your friend. I am just a baby first-time author <laughs> with a modest platform um, and uh they don't do much for us. <laughs> so um, so really just want you to know that you make a difference. That seriously every purchase, every book purchase that you make, uh, leaving a review, going on Goodreads if you use goodreads.com and marking it as a want to read or leaving a review after you read it, after you read the book, to go to Amazon or wherever you ordered from and leave a review, um, that you really make a difference. And just yeah, you telling your friends, this is what I'm reading. Holding a what's that called book club, suggesting the book for your book club, sharing in your social media, sharing with people in real life, sharing with your coworkers—you make a difference. So thank you so much. F the shoulds, do dot com. Go find the links to order the book, and then come back and enter your info to get the pre order bonuses. You get five exclusive videos. You get a tapping meditation, and a ticket to the virtual release party slash workshop where we're going to have Robin Euclid leading a guided grounded session. I'm going to lead an Unshould Yourself workshop. And then Jason Mraz is going to join us for a conversation and some songs, and you can only get access to that with your pre-order, pre-order and by going to ftheshouldsdotheones.com to enter your info so that I can send you the information on how to join us on May 17th. So the event is May 17th. The book comes out May 10th. All right. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. What are you claiming for yourself right now?